Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Season 1, Episode 1 of TopCasts. Today, we're going to chat a little bit about shift-left methodology, so let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? As I said, thanks for tuning into this first episode. First off, let me introduce myself. My name is Braden, and I've been working for TopDesk for uh, just under a year now, and I'm looking forward to taking on kind of this new challenge and and talking a little bit about service management with a bunch of different people from around TopDesk and who knows, maybe other people as well. But before we get into today's topic, I just want to let everyone know what the structure of this new content is going to look like. So we're going to focus these next 10 episodes on adding value to the service departments in your organization. If anything in these conversations strikes a chord with you, feel free to drop us a like or leave us a comment. And now we may as well introduce the people we're going to be talking to today. So today I'm going to be chatting with Kugi and Yash, who are both service management consultants at TopDesk. So just to get things kicked off and started, we'll start with Kugi. It's just, Kugi, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and and maybe uh, something that you're going to talk about today about Shift Left? Hello, everybody. My name is Kugi, and I'm a consultant at TopDesk Canada. I've been working at TopDesk for a little under two years. Uh, and really what my role comprises of is working with a lot of different organizations to really understand the value that service departments can add and optimizing that through shift left. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Wicked. Now, Yash, you're up. Hey, I'm Yash. Um, fun fact, Brayden and I started on the exact same day. Um, I'm also I'm also a consultant, just like Kugi. Um, and shift left is something that uh, I learned about uh, when I started at Topdesk, and something that I use pretty often when implementing Topdesk um, at my various customers. Fantastic. So that's a little intro for for uh, who we're talking to today, and now we can actually get into the topic, which should be pretty fun. So in in terms of shift left, let's just start with the basics, like. For me, I, I don't know a ton about it. I know very little, in fact. So it'll be nice to get this refresher too. So, um, Kugi, for you, what what is shift left? Yeah, so that's a really good question. And I feel like even within the um, ESM world, a lot of people don't really know what shift left is. So it's really, really simple. It's about capturing information uh, and really kind of pushing that a little bit more downstream. And what that means is we're capturing information from an expert level and making that information available to, let's say, the service desk. And capturing information once more from the service desk and making it available to end users. When we do that kind of stuff, we're really making sure that information is readily available. And so we are able to support our organization a little bit better and ultimately save a little bit of money. So like to my understanding, shift left is like more of a common term among software developers and software companies um, kind of like that in, in developing software and coding and such. Um, but I'm just kind of wondering from your perspective, um, how can like just a normal service department or, or like a regular business that's not a software developer sort of use shift left and implement it in their business? So in terms of shift left for any organization, essentially, as Cookie mentioned, you're just taking knowledge from your uh, experts. So you, it can be your experts in your service department and pushing it to front office colleagues, for example. So you can take uh, knowledge from an expert or a back end person and push it to a front end person. And that way your front end uh, colleagues are able to deliver 
um, answers to a lot of questions that customers may have. And then to take it one step forward, you can also push that front office colleague um, knowledge to your customers and your end user. And that way you make sure your end user is more self-sufficient. And a good example of this is frequently asked questions page um, that can be used by a lot of customers to essentially solve their own problems. Okay. Um, as like a, as an organization that's not necessarily working in this environment right now or using shift left in that way, um, what are sort of some of the simple steps that they can take to to make this shift if they're stuck in more of a traditional, you know, uh, cycle? So I think that um, when I go out to different organizations and work with, um, whether it be a public organization or a private organization, um, one of the really common themes is just information being all over the place. And that's really a hindrance to shifting left. So I think the first roadblock um, to kind of overcome is just getting an understanding of where does information live? Um, does it live on a shared drive? Does it live within a knowledge base? Is it on someone's desktop? Um, the first step is really just procuring all of that information, making sure that it follows a certain standard, uh, and then making it available in one centralized repository. And really, that's your knowledge base. Um, the next step is just making this information available to either the front office, whether that be the service desk, or taking it one step further and making it available to your end users. Okay. And, and in terms of like, in terms of like efficiencies and things like that, um, for organizations sort of stuck, like I said, stuck in this uh, traditional setting, um, what are some of the ways that uh, Shift Left can help increase the, the efficiencies in their department if they were to switch to something like that? So one of the um, kind of scenarios that I really, really like um, is a customer was telling me about how when she leaves her desk to go and get a coffee, um, one of her colleagues with an accounting will kind of like uh, um intercept her while she's on her way to the coffee machine and she'll ask her a couple of questions uh, and she's talking about how this is a huge hindrance to um, just her productivity because this is like a 15 minute conversation um, and she's kind of like sidetracked and her focus is not towards like taking a break and getting a coffee and recharging or being able to get back to her work but it's helping her colleague uh, and when you think about this isolated scenario uh, and then kind of stack it up uh, and even think about this happening like uh, a couple of times a day or maybe like a couple of times a week. Now this is a huge drain on this one person's time. And if we think about how limited our service resources can be sometimes, um, it's really staggering as to how much time these support departments lose um, with just people needing information and not being able to have it uh, and having to kind of tap their colleagues. Uh, it just becomes a really inefficient way to work. And I think most of all, it just stresses our colleagues out. So having one centralized repository that's really customer friendly or just our organization friendly can make huge differences in just overall satisfaction and ability for people to just do their work. So just to add to what Kugi said, um, I guess the first step would be to make sure you have some sort of centralized repository. And it's important to understand that um, a good knowledge base is something that's living. It's something that's constantly being updated um, as your services change, as, as the things that you use change, as your expertise on certain topics change, that knowledge base will change. Um, so sometimes we get really, um, I guess, overwhelmed with the entire big scope 
of a task, which is, you know, overhauling your entire knowledge repository. But if we just kind of take it one step at a time, first step, centralize all of it, and then continually make sure that you make it a process to improve your knowledge base. Um, and that way, information is consistently being um, upgraded and it's the most relevant. Definitely. Um, so kind of follow up and build on what you guys have just said there. Um, you both obviously do a whole heck of a lot as cons consultants, especially trying to implement these uh, or this kind of software um, in other organizations. So what are what are some approaches that you each have um, in terms of implementing methodologies like shift left in those organizations? So I think the first step is really just to identify what are the things that we get the most requests about. Um, one of the things that I find is just organizations not knowing where to start because information is all over the place uh, and just going on that investigate investigation or that hunt can be a little bit daunting. So instead, if we think about, um, you know, we get password resets every day or sometimes people are asking us about HR benefits all the time. Uh, if you think about the top five questions, the top 10 questions per uh, department, we can kind of start our knowledge base there uh, and then we can slowly branch out. Ultimately, what it's about is really providing the most impact with the least amount of work. So if you start off at the most relevant questions or the most frequently asked questions, um, you can really provide the best service with the most um, efficient method of working. And in terms of like, in terms of buy-in, um... I know I know you guys each have um, your own sort of approach, but with a similar sort of strategy in mind. But in terms of buy-in, when you come into an organization, um, what 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 do you need from an organization in order for them to, uh, or in order for you to help them the, the best you can? Um, so, in terms of generating buy-in for the shift left concept. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's mostly, I guess, once you. Um, start to explain what shift left really is um, and the benefits of it. For example, one of the benefits of it is just increased efficiency. Um, you, your operators spend less time working on redundant password reset um, tickets, for example, and they can, let's say each ticket takes two minutes That's and they get 10 password resets tickets, I don't know, a day. Um, that's a lot of time that, can, that they can probably use on a more technical ticket. Um, that they probably require more time on. And so once you kind of give them examples and real life examples of how shift left can help them in their daily tasks by not only saving time, saving money, and just ensuring that their life is easier uh, as an operator. Um, once you explain those things and really explain the concept, it's uh, we find that it's it has a lot of uh, buy-in. I read a few articles just to kind of brush up on shift left and and what it has to offer in an organization as well. And a lot of the articles I read obviously were focused on um, software and and that sort of thing. Um, but one thing that consistently stuck out to me was that it could be a, a big challenge for an organization, um, you know, trying to trying to adjust and having people sort of resist. And I know you guys mentioned there's a lot of buy-in with the knowledge management and things like that. Um, but is there anything else other than sort of the knowledge management and sharing knowledge that would help make a transition like that easier? So I think you kind of read my mind there because this is also what I wanted to add on. Um, but I think that a lot of just shift left or just implementing anything um, 
from an organizational perspective requires a lot of just organizational change management. And what I mean by that is any sort of change that we implement in an organization, um, it's something that can have a lot of impact just to people and their way of working. Ultimately, as human beings, we're pretty resistant to change. And when we have a certain method of working, a certain routine, um, even if things are kind of shifted slightly, it can be a little bit jarring. Uh, and I think it's important to kind of understand that perspective, not only from the technician perspective, um, the people who are kind of providing these services, but also from the customer perspective, the people who are receiving these services. So ultimately, I think that the way to target that is just to practice a lot of transparency and to kind of explain the reason why we're shifting left and what are the value um, propositions for the customer and also for the technician. And ultimately, the value propositions are just better service, uh, better service through a centralized knowledge base that's available, maybe in a self-service portal, um, just one centralized repository, uh, ultimately just to be able to work faster and work better. And if the organization is able to kind of echo that message and have like a unified front um, where this is kind of the message that's being pushed across, um, and it's actually something that people are sticking to, um, then it helps to kind of make this change or this organizational change a little bit smoother. Uh, obviously, no change is going to be accepted all the time, um, but it helps to kind of get that started. This has been an awesome chat, guys. Uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, so thanks again for listening to our first episode. Like I said, we have more topics on the way, and episode two will be released in about two weeks. Um, so I look forward to chatting uh, about other topics with uh, other people as well and, and learn a bit more and help add value to um, your business, essentially. If you found this useful, insightful, or just plain helpful to listen to, feel free to like or comment on the episode. And if you don't, well, they're only going to get better. Social media handles and links are down below. Take it easy, everybody.